to management and not just in football but NFL and basketball how much does it improve players and they thought it's between 8 and 12% depending on the manager how much they actually give the team but personnel is the most important thing yeah but obviously but it can also go the opposite way if you get a manager who's absolutely clueless starts you know making stupid decisions that's the 8 or 10% the other way You'd be very surprised at how many top-level players don't know the basic principles of the game. Like, I've seen, I, I was watching sessions. Now, obviously, it's not the top level of the game, but the top level of the game in this country. And I was watching uh, St. Pat's. And they were second in the league last year. And they won the cup. And I was watching a session there last week. And the manager was basically, he was working on winning the ball high, pressing from the front. And obviously, he's he trying to get his ideas across, but he actually had to go to some of the players and actually show them how to read, it, you know, <laughs> the trigger and what, how his body shape should be. And that stuff, that'd be like, you know, you're a college professor and you're, you're teaching business and you have to go back to show the guy how to bleed and add and subtract. You know what I mean? Like, so you'd be very surprised at top level players who actually wouldn't know the basic principles of the game and play off the cuff and play, which is great as well to play off the cuff, but our possession can't be played off the cuff, can you? Well, I mean, you know, and, uh, you know what, Wayne, you, you kind of do make a make a valid point but also as well when when you kind of get to the elite level they are looking at players that can that can absorb an, an instruction quicker than yeah. than like someone else and you know if yeah. we're talking about players yeah. that play play off the cuff you know joe cole used to you know you know everyone compared him to gaza and you know and you know jose almost kind of coached that kind of natural instinct out of him. Um, yeah. Same as, De, you know, Deli Ali. you know, I know that he's, you know, he's slightly different, but he like played football as if he was in the street or, you know, or actually on the park. And like for him, playing, playing with a structure just doesn't help his game. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we also talk about even when Rooney, when, when you know, he was at his best, it was because he played everything because he wanted to do things his own way and and uh yeah i mean again i'm probably at um academy level they're not even looking for the player that can beat two you know two or three players they're just looking at you know can you hold this position and if you lose the ball this is where you have to be and it's just and you know and again it's just repetition isn't it it's repetition repetition yeah. and you, yeah. you know and you see it in even at the elite game if if a kind of midfielder runs off his opposite number, that midfielder will just stay in his area. Like he will never follow that midfielder. You know, he will he will literally never follow oh, that, was, that run. That was I've seen so much of that at the weekend. You've seen it. I've seen it. it particularly if you watch the Liverpool and Norwich game, how many times did Norwich knock out with the runners or yeah. knock out with the runners, oh, and then yeah. at the last the yeah. last second switch off. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so and, and again going back to that player switch, switching off, 
Luke Shaw is a perfect example of it. Like, if you think of the goal Andres Townsend scored for Everton, you know, he's at left back where an Andrew Townsend, and Andrew Townsend's coming in, coming in from the right. And the ball is on the left-hand side. And he goes in, gets sucked in to where United already had two against one. And by getting sucked in, the ball, he was able to just, uh, I think it was Charlton, no, it was Gray, uh, wasn't it? That was able to just pass it out to the right and Andrew Townsend yeah. finished it. And then we had it again, defending Le Laurente for the corner that McGuire scored. Instead of looking at the ball and the man, he was just looking at the man. And United scored their first set-piece goal. And it's all down to basic stuff that you should really, for me, an elite player has to have the basics of awareness and decision-making, the, the basic principles of the game. You know what I mean? And I think some, you'd be surprised at, at the amount of top-level players that actually get. And I see, you see it with even kids. I see kids getting into the international panels. And it purely, it can be down to their size, their speed, and they look better than what they are. But they have no brain. They have no brain. No brain. <laughs> but well, no, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's... And again, you know, we, we always laud the, like, older players that can play over the age of 35, 36. And those type of players seem to have a better, you know, like a better footballing brain than the ones... Who, that they came up with that we would class as better. It's you know, um, like you can't beat football intelligence. You've either got it or you haven't. Yes, you can probably yeah. teach a few things, but you know, it's and again, you know, that's the reason why you know everyone's kind of saying, "Oh, Thiago Silva at the age of thirty-seven is is just amazing." But hey, you know what? Like he just doesn't get caught out of position. You know, he's, he's yeah. Yeah. you know, you know, like he knows how to defend and. In, even Ronaldo, you know, I know people are talking about Ronaldo, this and that, but for him to be still playing at such an elite level, like, you know, and, yeah. like, still scoring at the goals that he is, yeah. that's football intelligence. Like, you can't teach that. Yeah. Even even Thiago, when he came on for Liverpool on, on Saturday, like, his passing was just exceptional. You know what I mean? Like, it's intelligence. You know what I mean? It's... it's uh, I've so many examples. I've actually listened to a podcast... There, well, Jimmy Bullard has one, and he brings players fishing. He's Robbie Keane, and when you think of Robbie Keane, he wasn't particularly big, strong, or fast, but he was so technical. But what he was saying was, when he played the game, like Lampard, if you watch Lampard, they're constantly checking and scanning and seeing where the space is and observing everything around them constantly. And Robbie Keane said, even now, his wife would be saying, "Oh my God." Do you ever stop looking around? When he goes to a restaurant, he's constantly looking around and observing <laughs> and knows what's going on. But it's, that's, that's, that's how you get that intelligence. It's from constantly looking, getting the chin up, looking around, observing, seeing where everything is. And there's some great clips of, 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 of Lampard doing it. And I find sometimes, I know it happens here, but if you think of it, I remember lots of things. It's a real, I call it a real Irish thing, but I, I think you could say it's a British thing as well. And the old thing is, oh, he's too small to play in midfield. We'll get over yeah. a run. But yeah, yeah, the great one, the best midfields of ever was Barcelona's midfield. And they had a midfield in midgets. You know what I mean? Like, it was, <laughs> they're all my size. You know what I mean? They're all 5'7, 5'8. You had Iniesta, Xavi, and Busquets. Yeah. Busquets, 6 foot. But the other two are small. But they dominated midfield. And even City's midfield, like Fernandinho was only 5'9. David Silva was 5'6. 
Bernardo's only about five seven. They can dominate midfield because of their intelligence and their, their use of the ball. You know what I mean? And you can dominate midfield with intelligence, but we've got a real no. You need we need a big fella in there. You need a big fella in there. But it's 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 fascinating subject, and you could talk about it for days. But you see real footballers that have that intelligence, and it is it is tough to teach. But I do think it is teachable if the environment is right. If you're encouraging mm-hmm. gameplay rather than you know passing drills and drills, because drills can be very when you're coaching. Drills should be about technique, how to receive a ball, you know, how to pass a ball. But it should be done then. You, you have them skills now. Put them in a game, small side of the game with conditions. Get them to think. Get them to come up with solutions. Give them hints. Don't const- We teach kids. We're constantly telling them what to do rather than letting them, letting them yeah. figure it out. And I think that's why. If you think of Spain, you watch, watch anything by any of the Spanish clubs or any Spanish national team. Everything is done in tight spaces. So that makes you think quicker. You've got to think quick. You've got to take less touches. You've got to be aware of your space because you're not, you're not going to be in the game. They'll play 11 aside on a postage stamp. You know what I mean? Where I guarantee you, if you go to a, a, a schoolboy, you know, from eight up to being 14, and I've had it before, and they want to play in this big, huge pitch. No, pitch too small, too small, bigger pitch. And you're going, well, some kids are like I, I, I was actually I sprout up so when I, I was I hit me maximum height when I was about 12 and I was like taller than all the other guys and I could just push the ball by guys and run by them but then when I got to 18 or 19 all the other guys were all much taller and I couldn't do that anymore but because I'd always done the same thing I kept, kept doing it and it was like I was out of the game you know what I mean like, I had to completely try and change my game and I wasn't good enough to do that but if I had been at a younger age encouraged to get on the ball play more think about the game I would have been a better player and I, I, I've seen I, I deal with it every week guys come up and they're arguing over the size of a pitch and you know what difference does it make what size the pitch is set your team up to try and play teach them mm-hmm. I should be doing it a favour teaching these kids to play the game big pitch or small pitches you know, flat pitches, rough pitches, you know, different weather, different everything. And these are all elements of the game that have to be taught and allowed. Children need to allow experience, but they don't. They don't allow them teaching. The game has to teach them as well. Very true, very true. True, true, true. So do we want to... Sorry, Barry. So I was going to talk about... Uh, the title race, wasn't we? Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah. Tabrita, let's you start with this one. Good weekend. For you. <laughs> well, you know what? Well, I mean, like, you know, it's it's going to be very, very, very interesting now. Um, I think Liverpool have definitely got that lease of life now. Um, I think we've won, is it nine or ten on the bounce or something like that? And, and uh, yeah, I think, um, I think the win against Norwich, you know... Um, a lot of people thought it was a far con- uh, conclusion, but you know how we played, especially in the second half. You know, um, again, it just kind of gave me confidence that at least we could keep up with Man City. And but again, I didn't think that Man City were going to lose against Tottenham, and actually, how they lost. I mean, again, I mean, I 
you know, um, I had a little smile on my face. Uh, <laughs> and but I mean, you know, again, you know, this is this is what everyone wants. You know, no one really wants, um, you know, how like football was probably a probably a decade, possibly fifteen years ago, where it was just united. You know, it was just, it was literally about playing for second. People, I think, like you know the two or the three horse races, um, and you know, Liverpool have now put themselves into a position. Where if we win our game in hand, I believe we'll be three points off. Um, And, you know, we've still got to play Man City. uh, But again, you know, Man City have the points on the board. You know, I would would always want to be, um, you know, on top with with the points rather than, you know, playing playing catch-up. But again, now this, this kind of makes it really, really interesting. Um, And, you know, I, you know, I think at this present moment in time, um, City are still favourites. Uh, um, you know, um, I think you know people weren't really talking about Liverpool as, as you know, probably their closest rivals. People were talking about Chelsea or possibly even United when they bought um, uh, Ronaldo. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's kind I, of good I, that I, way. I always fancied Liverpool. I think I uh, I watched them on uh, on Saturday and they were very flat in the first half, and then in the second half. Yeah, they came in live, mm. and I tell you yeah. what, the big difference to Liverpool was the strength and depth. It was the first time I've seen it at Liverpool in forever, where they were able to change the game. Because normally, in fairness, they have a great record against Norwich. It's nearly, it's nearly you're guaranteed Liverpool to score four against Norwich, even on a bad day. But I thought it was interesting that they went one 0 down. Like you said, the fact that you know the pressure was on them, and they were able to get themselves back in the game and bring those players on that they were able to bring on and change the game. That's what impressed me about Liverpool. But I fancied them even... I felt that when it was 12 points to City, when you looked at it, Liverpool had two games in hand and they still got to play City. I always felt Liverpool were still in with a chance. So that's why I actually genuinely put a bet on Liverpool about three or four weeks ago. Because I really do feel... As a United fan, wow! <laughs> yeah, it's it, you know what it is. It's it's actually it's like it's 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 a sort of insurance policy, isn't it? Like if you know who win the league, I get four points of quid. If they don't win the league, I'm happy. You know what I mean? Like so, um, I don't I, I don't have see in Dublin. It's like Liverpool and United, so you don't see many. Yeah. My brother's City fan. They don't see many City fans, so don't don't mind no. them winning the league. But Liverpool win the league here. I swear to God, they're intolerable. <laughs> they are so bad. No, but they are so bad. They're not like Tabriz where you get an honest opinion. Like, I remember the year Liverpool won the Champions League under Benitez, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the season after, Liverpool were in a bad time. They weren't great, friends. They weren't great. They won the Champions League, but they weren't great. I think even most, the most genuine Liverpool fans would say, yeah, they weren't great. They were okay mm-hmm. for Benitez. Mm-hmm. And this guy that comes into work, he used to come in every day and he came in and he looked me dead in the eye and he says, this is after they won the Champions League, we're going to win everything this year. Every Jesus. trophy Liverpool are going to win. And that story sums up the Irish Liverpool fan. My brother as a City fan, right? He hates United, but he despises Liverpool. <laughs> They're just... They're like them. And I'll be honest with you, when you meet Liverpool fans from Liverpool, they're fine. 
but the Irish ones are absolutely insufferable. They are deluded. <laughs> it's well, absolutely yeah. crazy. You know what? I mean? You know what? Yeah, you know what? It's it's a it's a funny one because um you know we we kind of get that with a lot of the Arsenal fans here like they just you know again yes like they kind of went on a no no you know what I'm not mentioning no names I don't want to be sued so um <laughs> you know um but I mean yeah it's you know I think Liverpool are renowned to be you know like a European Cup team you know literally yeah. you know um. That's that's our yeah. kind of horse, isn't it? Like, you know, literally. Back, it's an uncanny, um, isn't it? It's uncanny it, how yeah, the record in Europe, uh, in Europe, it's just, it's it's actually unbelievable. It's, it's yeah, you know, it's, like and, it's written in the stars, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, yeah, when we kind of won it with Benitez, and then you know, we we can also got to the final again, yeah, and we played AC yeah. Milan, and you know, we got well, not but you know battered but you know again that was a very poor Liverpool team I mean like the best yeah. player on the day was Jermaine Pennant yeah. <laughs> for like Liverpool and it was like wow like if we're talking about Jermaine, you know Jermaine Pennant as uh, you know as Liverpool's best player in the final yeah. then you know there's something there's something <laughs> wrong here um but no like, hey you know like, it, you know he, he, he was yeah a decent player Pennant what he was was he was a player with huge potential wasn't he like that just yeah. never you were waiting for him. Yeah, this is this is going to be his year. This lad is going to kick on, and yeah, you're still waiting yeah. for him to do it. You know what I mean? Like, well, well I, I mean, kind of going going back to the previous conversation. Even though I don't want to go back too too much, but again, you know, I think he was overcoached. I think you know, Pennant was yeah. a player that just played off the cuff, and and again, you know, um, playing playing by other people's rules. You know, like he, you know, that wasn't really his thing, and and you know, we all can see now in his in his kind of retirement you know how you know how he is and uh literally how unruly like he is so you, you can imagine with someone like him with a little bit of money and and, and, mm. and like whatnot how how difficult it was uh to actually manage him but um but not kind of going going and going back to the title race i think what really impressed me and you know everyone knows you know after and, you know and away victory against enter and, and again that's a very very difficult place to actually go to and then you know uh, the Premier League um, straight after that, and and again, you know, beating beating Norwich. Uh, that's the, you know, yeah, you know exactly what you said, Wayne. It's we like now have jumping depth. We've got Javier back, which feels like a new signing. Uh, and you know, it's 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 a it's a kind of very very nice and warm place, right? You know, right now to actually be a Liverpool fan. But hey, you know what? It's you know, we are like still playing, playing catch up. Um, United yesterday, yeah, United won, didn't they? Three, three, two, yeah, yeah against four Leeds. Two, four, four, four yeah. two. Sorry, so, sorry, sorry. Apologies. Um, but I mean, again, yeah, you know, I, I think, I think it's still up for grabs. Um, you know, yeah, Liverpool. Do you think? Yeah. Uh, you think Chelsea are over? You know how Chelsea got, you know, you know, they they will always grind out a win. Um, yeah, yeah, took the war down, you know. You know, it's, you know, um, I I wouldn't probably say Liverpool would probably capitulate first before Chelsea. That's how I feel. I, you know, um, I got a feeling that, you know, Chelsea would just grind out results because that's how Chelsea are at this present moment in yeah. time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, again, you know, I think if they don't win silverware, you know, um, I, I know it's the League Cup, but 
I think Chelsea need the League Cup more than Liverpool. Um, they probably because... do, but I, 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 I never get this where people write off any silverware. Like, I know it's only the League Cup, but there's only like three or four trophies to win. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, like so, it's 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 going to be an interesting final. Like, uh, I think like you can't write Chelsea off in any competition. As you said, that they can grind results out. out. As one of the topics I was going to bring was Lukaku. Um, like he will come to form. He he mightn't score for six or seven games, but he'll score six or seven games on the trot now. He's very mm-hmm. like Ben Peke in that way, where he won't score for a few games and then he'll get a load of goals. And you're sort of going, if Chelsea are not playing well now and growing down results, they'll they'll hit top gear for a few weeks. And I'm with the timing, because it's gonna come down to timing, isn't it? Like have Liverpool peaked too early, you know what I mean? Like it's inevitable. Probability tells us they're going to lose a game, and if they could lose that game in a critical time, are Chelsea grinding, and are they going to hit top gear? Because potentially they can. They've quality all over the pitch, so it's, it, I, I wouldn't write them off. But I didn't fancy them from the start. I just felt, if you remember their form towards the end of last season, prior to the Champions League, it was pretty poor. It was pretty poor, and I, I think it's too. I, 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 I still. I mentioned towards Liverpool, but it's very hard to see. City are pretty relentless, you know what I mean? You're hoping that other team, they just, City just run out of time. It's like, at first thing you say about Man United, we didn't lose today, we just ran out of time. And it was just like this relentless attack, attack, attack. And that's what happens to City, isn't it? Like they, yeah. they, they like, like the other day, like, let's be honest, I watched that game against Spurs and they battered Spurs, like, you know what I mean? And Spurs just got a couple of breaks and, was their day, wasn't it? Like, you know what I mean? So, mm. will that happen to City again? You don't know. Depends on which pressure they're under. But it's Liverpool mm. are the same. They're relentless in attack, aren't they? Like, and they really are. Like, and Luis Diaz has slotted in there perfectly. And that's why I wanted to talk about the football structure thing. Liverpool are able mm. to bring players in. Do you think that's Klopp or do you think that's a structure thing from like a technical director and a recruitment director and um, mm. i'm always interested in hearing this because yeah. i think sometimes that whole structure can be can be sort of oh they've got a great recruitment officer but yeah that, it's it's handy to have but I, 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 Klopp is just amazing at fitting players in and the time and how he fits them in yeah yeah um, actually well before i answer that question i mean again um let's not kind of um, gloss over United's great result against Leeds. I mean, how did like you feel that like game went for you, and let's see where like do you think United are going to finish this season? To be honest, it's it's the same Man United have seen for the last three or four weeks. This really good style at one stage, they're playing really well, they're creating loads of chances, not finishing them, and then the other side has, and no matter even Liverpool and City. Every team has it where, no matter how bad a team you're playing, your team has that five minutes of or ten minutes where they get into the game. And Man United have been getting punished for that, getting punished for every mistake. So it's it's it was very similar to everything except Man United are scoring. They they got the goals that that they didn't get in the previous games compared to their chances. I still think we've had a very easy run in the last few weeks and. Um, like they've only lost one in the last eight, but and the performances have been better, absolutely no doubt. They're getting better each time. But 
there's a run of games coming up now. We've got Watford after Watford. I think it's City away. Then I think it's Spurs at home, and then Liverpool away. And they'll be games that'll tell you where they're at from a performance point of view. That five ten minutes, you could lose three goals against Liverpool, and the mentality shifts, doesn't it? Like you know, you're gone. You, like you could lose that game six 0 easily. You know what I mean? Like they did at Old Trafford. So yeah, I, 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 I think. They could just miss out on fart. I do. I'm, I'm not very confident. If I'm being okay. honest. And, think... and, uh, and the new lad, is it Alanga? Alanga? Yeah. Really like him. Really like him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, did, so did he come through the academy or did you guys yeah. buy him? At, uh... No, I came through the academy. Oh, wow. Since he was a kid, like, yeah. Is um, I think they signed him when he was 15 or 16, 16, I think. But uh, yeah, his, his dad played in Sweden, that's why, um, that's why he declared for Sweden, born in Sweden, where his dad was playing there, and then he, he obviously came to United. But uh, he's got technical qualities, but he's also what well, that quality that's very hard and rare is that tenacity, his work rate is, is phenomenal, like you know what I mean. And he's a likable player, very, very likable. I think I think he could uh, like when you look at the money they spent on the likes of Diallo, he looks like to me, he looks like he's got more than Diallo. Mm. I think uh, he, he looks looks more robust, looks like he wants it more, and he's got as, as much technical quality as Diallo, what I'm saying. You know what I mean? But Diallo costs thirty seven million. You know what I mean? Like so yeah. It, that's that's the best thing about Man United at the minute is there's always a good young player coming through. It's the best thing about Man United at the minute. I've watched you know him know Diallo in the academy before his injury and when he came back. He's got the highest ceiling. Lang is probably a better player right so. now. But Diallo, there's one hell of a player in there. He's yeah. not well, ready for the Premier League. He's still out, physically small. It? Yeah, exactly. So hopefully if he kicks on. Um you know, like he wanted when they bought him, Atalanta wants to keep him on loan. And United said no, yeah. want him here, and he's come straight into the first team. Just want to go about two things. Toby said, first of all, the Champions League Liverpool one. I don't know what's so impressive about it. They've won two in a modern era. In a modern era, it's where you don't have to win the league to get to top four. To get to top four, you get it. So they wouldn't even. Sorry, hold wait. Sorry, Jamie. Oh wait, hold on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Wait, hold on, hold on. Did. Did I just say that something about Jamie saying that Liverpool's champion, you know, Champions League vi- victories not, are not it, that impressive? No, they are impressive, but no more impressive okay. than United. Oh, okay. Well, in the, in the modern era, since the Champions League format changed, both teams have won two. In the old day, in the olden days, before you had to come fourth to get in the Champions League, Chelsea wouldn't have theirs, Liverpool wouldn't have theirs, one of theirs. Did you did you win the Champions League then the Premier League or Premier League then Champions League? Champions League then Premier League. So both Champions League titles you wouldn't have had fifteen years ago when Fergie first started because you had. Yeah, United United wouldn't have had in ninety nine one either, but they would. We had won the league that year. They they would have. That was when you had finished two, though, first and second, and they won the league in ninety eight. They won the league in ninety eight. No, no, no. We won it ninety eight, ninety nine. 
Arsenal won at 97, 98. And the other thing you so said about how the league is, you know, when United won the league 10, 15 years ago, it was a two, it wasn't a two-horse race. It was always United smashing it. The last four or five seasons, look at the people who have won it. City won it by what, 18 points. So did Liverpool. The only time I had it close was the Liverpool and City when it was a point. When United won it, over that period of 2006-2011, sort of and Chelsea won it as well, only once was it more than four points for United winning it. It's a lot, lot tighter. And this is when English football was probably the best it's ever been. If you look at the Champions League, we had a team or two every year for about seven, eight, eight seasons. English nah. team dominated. That was harder to win. You know what? But like, it's because United I, had so I, many. You think it was easier? It wasn't. It's even harder. No, City no, no. Look, had, what, 18, 19 points last season. Leicester won it by ten points. But you know what? I mean, again, you know, I would, I would kind of like to know exactly when United actually won the league for them to actually take the foot off the gas because you know, yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah no, I, so. Yeah, 100%. So I, I agree with I agree, I agree with Tabriz. I never see this. Oh, they won the league by eighteen. They won it by four. That can be very deceiving because you know, you know sometimes oh, you know, it finished or whatever team finished fifth this year, twenty eight points off top, and they made up so many points this year to finish second. It's pretty, that's can be very deceiving, very very deceiving because I, I think Tabriz said there when teams take their foot off the gas. That's yeah, and the vast the majority of time United had won it, hadn't had yeah. won it until the last two it's, games of the season. In Even fairness, the treble winning season. Was, like if you think, under Ferguson, for 20 years, in 20 years, Man United won 13 league titles and mm. only finished outside the top two once. They came toward. And they, they would have won, I think, if you look back, I think they they lost at the league twice on goal difference. They'd, they'd have won something like 10 in a row. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it was an incredible sort of period. So I get, I get what Tabriz was saying. You know what I mean? I, think the ten I get what you're saying as well. I, I don't. I don't. It's very hard to compare. I think if you win a league, you win a league. It's, it's, it's very difficult. There's so many different variables you can add in. You yeah. know, and when you win it, you know what I mean. I just think you win the league, you win the league. Doesn't matter how many points. It's it's, it's a it different in a row, I think United were four points over ten seasons. It was like it was two. A one and a yeah. one. That's the consistency yeah. United had. If I think. Yeah. Imagine oh, ten in a row Premier League. Yeah. So so Ferguson yeah. yeah, exactly. But you know, again, like we're not going to see that again. Like there's like there's like, no, no team no. that's going to like no. dominate uh, a league like that. Generational. So, get, Generational. You know, it could be thirty four years if it happens again. If it happens again. Yeah, if. But I mean, again, now we've. Do we, we, do we don't want it to happen again, do we really? No. Like, you know, I've, I've, we don't want I've, it. Depends, no. it depends if your team or not. If you're not for 10 now. years, I'd love more clubs contending for it now. I wouldn't want Man United to win it 10 times again. Yeah, but nah, there's only, only. I would. There's only literally two clubs, weren't there, in, in the title race. There's now four, actually, at the minute. Or could be. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say there's four. There could be four. There could have been four. There's not now. There's probably three now. But I would say beginning the season, it was for me. It was three: Chelsea, Liverpool, and City, which, which is what it is now. Yeah, yeah. But, but even but, but even if you surprised how quick it got torn, you like people right off United, like you know they've got huge huge resources, and that squad's not as bad as people think. It won't it won't take a, it's not going to take an awful lot to get Man United right to win a league. You know what I mean? 
you know, you listen to a lot of these guys, these guys who are paid to make these comments. You know, you know, they are a good bit off, but they're not a million miles off. Like, no, a million miles off. No. Like, Pat only won the league without spending a penny for two years. Now, well, she's signed 27 players. Like United, but potentially, if the right boss comes in and everyone gets behind them, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, not a single United player gets into City's team. Could challenge on really? the league, depending. I love know, Jamie, you know. Jamie just comes in here, comes in here, starts kicking down the balls. I wouldn't completely write off United for the next 10 years. That would be a silly thing to do. Um, oh. I think it would be difficult to get up there. Liverpool look like they're getting Dylan Steam again. City. Be interesting to see where Guardiola goes. I don't think the club will be around for two or, two or three at least. I think he might do 10 years at Liverpool at least. Guardiola said he's going to be off in the next 18 months, isn't he? So, you know, you, you don't know. It's not the beauty of Premier League, isn't it? Like, we don't know. It's not predictable wait, anymore. Wait, who gets. Like, don't get me wrong. It's, you know, probably not. Who gets the ring? It's a bit boring. For, for run, you, want see, you want to see that run. change, I think. Oh, I do anyway. That's me. Mm. Actually, and, and, and you know what? Um, I think Jamie and Jamie said to let something, and uh, I know uh, when what to ask the question regarding the structure of a team. But um, Jamie said something which was quite interesting um, about Pochettino spending or signing about twenty-three players. Also, twenty-seven yeah. players. You said twice. He's like um, twenty-seven players. But it's only in the last eighteen months he didn't spend the money because they're moving the stadium. He built a squad ready. And so, Pochettino is extreme, in my opinion, extremely overrated. He got Spurs in the top four, right? But so who's who it over or underrated? Did they overrated? Overrated. Oh. United absolutely flopped, dropped off. We were just disastrous. Mourinho sacked off the league, try winning Europa League. So they only took the spot that was available. It wasn't like Le- it was Leicester who overtook everybody. United dropped off. Someone to take it. The season they got into the Champions League, they only got one point more than the previous manager. He bought the Champions League final. He struggled at PSG with that team. He struggled at PSG. Since he took over, he he was worse than Tuchel in the league. And he still didn't win the league. Like, if I was a manager, I wouldn't go for someone like Pochino. It's Ten Hag, Graham Potter, or Clement Gautier, who won the league last year in France. But they'll get the bigger name. I think Pochino will happen. There's people around the club who seem to love him, but if it'd be sacked in two years, I'll back him. I don't want him. I don't want okay. Jose. But so, okay, so so because you, you, uh, yourself and Wayne are United supporters, and you know, kind of going going on to like the next question that Wayne was uh, talking about in terms of um, the like structure of clubs and actually who's actually in charge of transfers, and you know, yeah. and literally how are things kind of passed pass through departments. I mean, are you guys happy with with like how United are structured right now and and again who's like who's in charge of the the like signings and you know who and like who signs off contract extensions and and whatnot? All signings are done with four has to get the approval of four groups. The manager, the uh sporting director, the co- scouts and the sports science team. This happened back when we tro- when Mourinho wanted, what's his name? Jerome Bozhang. 
and the sports medical team science said he's injury prone. Same with Yerimina, and he kicked off. So it was 40 million for Yerimina, and we didn't get him. So you're not having him. That's when he ended up putting um, Matic centre back because he was so angry. Matic, what centre back? Just to, uh, just to make a point. Hmm. Yeah, to make a point because he had he's he had setbacks on the bench. He wouldn't use them. But they said, look, he's injury prone. We're not taking him. So everybody can veto every single player. So when you hear saying, um, Solskjaer didn't want Van de Beek, he signed he signed it off. He might not want him, but he signed it off. So they, there is no you can blame one person. It's a joint thing. But we're looking too now many. to go to move. To, yeah, but we're looking to go. Is there too uh, many? Is uh, there too many cooks spoil the broth, as they say? No, but, I disagree. I think. If you have a manager and you just want to sign players short term, you only think about short term. The scouts are thinking long term. The sport, the direct the sporting directors are thinking long term, and the science are, are going to. You know, Mourinho would just sign a look. Say Conte, Conte always brings players in short term to get in the league, but if he leaves, you got to rebuild the whole squad, and that is not yeah. a financial thing you yeah. can do every single year. You saw Probably Solskjaer, really. the players he was trying to bring in, there were young players like Dan James, that they can probably sell on or improve the squad. And don't cost to two hundred million. You know there has to be limitations. The current structure. But there's always, there's always from Man United like Dan James. I mean, he did okay. Compare that to what Liverpool do. Do Liverpool have as many people interfering? Because Klopp seems to be able to integrate Liverpool's players. Exactly the squad. same. No, no, exactly you, the same. Well, you know what? So when. When like, we won the league um, a couple of seasons ago, and um, and then we were ravaged with injuries with um, Gomez and with Van Dijk, and you know we were you know, like we were struggling at the back, and you know this is literally where you would think, okay, so we've just won a world club championship, we are officially the best team in the world, etc., and then the signing that we come out with. We kind of get a loan signing. I think it was a Greek international. I don't know where he plays now. And then we signed a Preston player called Ben Davis. And, you know, it, I, I again, with these type of signings, you actually think, okay, you know what? FSG, yes, they're, you know, they're a business and literally they want to make money out of the Liverpool brand. But then you actually think, well, if they all sit down together, the scouts, the um, sporting director and Klopp and think, okay, you know what? Now, look, like, if you look at the squad, we're playing Henderson or we're playing Fabinho as our centre-backs. There's a problem here now. Yeah. Like, we need, we like need, you know, we now need to spend that 60, 70, 80 million to actually get the high-class centre-back that we truly deserve. So, but again, FSG, we're not really looking at signing someone like that. And it's, I really thought that Klopp would would, would have probably walked, and you know, literally, he had every right to think, okay, you know what, my my, my club are not supporting me right now, and they can see that we're struggling. That. Really, as in, so what? you've got Van Dyke injured until the end of the season, right? And you had Gomez well, injured and Matip, right? You spent mm-hmm, sixty yes, million I... pound on a, on centre back. A, you then have five defenders that are. Expecting to start in a few months' time and for next season, you then got a six. If you think of a defender who costs 60 million, he's elite. Is he not? He's um, not going to accept low wages, yeah. whatever, you know, mm-hmm. say a, a Ruben Diaz. He's not going to accept sit on the bench and Van Dyke and Matip and Gomez come back. So you need to bring a player in a short term. 
I thought you could have gone for a loan deal rather than signing a Ben Davis. You know, maybe someone in La Liga or whatever who can come in and do a job. The option to buy. But the, the lad but, they signed, know, but, the, uh, that, that lad they signed was from Schalke. Uh, was from, yes. old, uh, uh, he, he was very highly rated and it didn't work out with the option to buy. So they did. They brought in Ben Davis, a championship player with potential who said they were going to sign and they brought in a very cheap sign. He's going on a free and it was very clever when you think of it. And then uh, I can't. I think it's O O O Z, not O Zach, but O O O something. He's at Norwich. Oh, back. And they were going, oh, back, yeah. Bring him in, give him six months, and it didn't work out. But Liverpool still had a, in my opinion, Liverpool had a successful season last year. Why? Because they finished third and they won two trophies. You know what I mean? Like, so they had a reasonably successful season. And now they're back again. And I think their structure is very similar to Man United. So just the financial end was a bit different. But I think what happens is when they identify a player and they bring him in, the structure of the team is a lot better than Man United. So they know they can fit in easily. Like Jaden Sancho came in. If Jaden Sancho goes to Liverpool, I guarantee he starts off the season like on a, on a flyer, where he's taken months to bet in at Man United because there's no real identity of playing. And I think you can have all this structure of scouts saying this, sports science saying this, all that type of stuff. But if you don't have a, a structure for them to come into, a playing structure, a philosophy, that's all a waste of time. You know what I mean? And I think that's where Liverpool have it right, to have it from top to bottom. And I think it's easy for them to criticise Man United at the moment. I think they might have the top half right, but I think the bottom half is wrong. Like, even with Ragnac in there now, everyone knows that he's not going to be there at the end of the season. So... But yesterday, the reality was two players started for Man United, Jesse Lingard, Paul Pogba, two excellent players. But both of them are nearly 100% leaving in the summer, yet they're starting. That's not how you build a title winning side. For me. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I should say, think about you haven't got a CDM. You're looking at players yeah. who could be gone in a few months as a reason you're, you need to play them. You know, we've got Van der Beek, who's what, not playing very well when he played. Loan deal could help him. Then you look at players who yeah. could be leaving. Obviously, we lost a player in Greenwood. You, know, you can't we do anything about that. So you bring a Langer in, and he's kicked on. But Liverpool, it's took them what thirty years to get this set up, get the right people. Yeah, Going back to but, po- but Liverpool never recruited badly. They always bought good players. They, you know, oh, they bought some shockers. We bought some shock. Come on, that we bought some shockers. Yeah, but they did find we, we, some shockers, but they signed some good players as well, like Harry Gill, Alonso. Yeah. They, they, they were all good players, like Torres. The problem sometimes would be an inconsistency in how you're going to play, where everybody Liverpool are going to play now with, uh, with Klopp. They know. And then Lewis Diaz has come in in the last three games. Looks like he's there 25 years. You know what I mean? And I think that makes a huge difference. But then again, on the spinning around, and look at Chelsea's structure. This is why I wanted to talk. It's not just the Man United thing. I'm interested to see the structure. Look at Chelsea's structure. The most, what would you call it? I wouldn't say inconsistent, but in, in a working environment. The manager doesn't know he's going to be there from one end of the year, but yeah, to another. But yet they still play the same type of football. You know, tactically they'll tweak it, but they're always hard to beat, and they'll always play the similar style of football. But they always... Always change the manager regularly. 
and you're thinking, where, where, how does that work? But yet they still win a trophy. They're always because they've got an, an owner who's created a good structure of a club. Yeah, but okay, but you're not. Same, look, at, no, but, look at Watford. They're exactly yeah, the same. But, they go through managers. Mm. I can't even name them. Well, okay, so it works for them. There's a structure, but there's a style of play, and and again, you know, um, I know, I, I don't know if, if we're going to talk about the Lukaku situation, but Chelsea's style of play doesn't suit Lukaku, so you know he, and as he that that you know that's the issue, you know, even with the Liverpool players, like the you know players about your names, Kuehl, Alonso, Mascarano, Sissoko, like you know, um. Bubble as well. Like we've got some yeah. quality players, but when yeah. Klopp came in, we bought um oh gosh I forgot his name now. That's literally left now. Um, that was played for Newcastle before. What's his name? The midfielder. Oh, Ronaldo. Well, yeah, well, uh, Ronaldo. When Liverpool bought him, everyone was like, "Hang on, like this guy wasn't a superstar at Newcastle." So you know, but literally Klopp had a style of play and knew yeah. that. That player, even though like he wasn't a worldie, could actually fit in that system. Even Mane, when he kind of came, he was like, "This guy plays Southampton." Like, I think Mane had credit. I think the best example you're looking at is Robertson. He got Robertson. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Robertson. I mean, Dak. I mean, hey, one hundred percent. Six nil. Six nil I, I, mean, I like them a whole, but but this is what I'm saying. You can have this structure with scouts, director of footballs, technical directors, all this. But the reality is, if you don't have a consistent style of play, a philosophy of play, you know, it doesn't work. Like, look at Angel Di Maria. Like, if you think of that transfer window Man United had. 100%, yeah. Di Maria, oh, a Man United player, winger, fast. Falcao, oh, did me away for being an analyst on Atletico Madrid in the UEFA Cup final. And he blew me away. One of the best centre forwards I've ever seen. And then Daily Blint is the most, one of the most technical the most intelligent footballers that you'll ever come across. Yeah, he's slow a little bit. And you're going, what a window by United. And even in the summer. But there's not a philosophy there. So I don't necessarily think the structure at Man United is that bad. I think it's down to the inconsistency on the pitch. You know what I mean? The constant change of manager, the constant change of how they're going to play, the style of play. Where well, that is the they're going to play. That's the structure yeah. of making sure when and you go from manager to manager is the right manager. This is why well, they yeah, tried to use Dan Fletcher. Exactly. If you look at um, Solskjaer... And that's why they don't know what his role is. They do, they do. No, that no, quote, no. the quote you're seeing, you read the full quote, he actually goes on to praise him. He's basically talking about he doesn't get involved in the director stuff. He was praising Dan Fletcher for what he does on the coaching ground. Yeah. Because he's not a sporting yeah. director, so he doesn't know what he's doing. It's bit, that's a bit like Bielsa, why he doesn't do his interviews in English because he doesn't like things being taken yeah, out of context. And yeah. it has. No, I, like a lot of people I, I think that, to what, read the second line. But, but, but the reality know. is, do you need a technical director? If you're, Every club like, does. You don't really Every need club it. You does. Don't, I don't think so. You sure do, because that. managers go through manager. so quickly. So like for Spurs, for example, why were Spurs so well under Pochino? Paul Mitchell. Yeah, but he's a recruiter. He's great as a high, the best sporting director in the world. He's now running up. Yeah, but, but we're talking about a clubs. technical director. Technical director but, is in charge of playing. Playing. Like, sporting director is in charge of contracts, you know, uh, 
transfer negotiation. A technical director is meant to keep the consistency of how the football club play throughout the club from the academy right up to the 23s to the first team. And right. they meant, they're meant to keep that consistency there. So that's that's the role. But do you need a guy? Do Man United really need a technical director if they're going to change their philosophy? Do Chelsea need one? Liverpool obviously don't need one this because is, technically this is, Jurgen Klopp is a technical director. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Wayne, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you there. Back in Fergie's yeah. day, Fergie he's did got a sporting and director to go, I want this player, and then he goes and gets him. Or he wants this type of player. Because obviously a manager hasn't got the time to scour, you know what I mean, all the best players to get all the info. But he, he, he's given all the technical info. This is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone to play off this position. I want them quick. I want whatever he's looking for, the attribute he's looking for. And they go and look for it. Where when The more layers you create, the more confusion you create, the more of a power struggle. Because you bring a technical director in, he wants, he's playing a power game, sporting director, director of football, you know, CEO, managing director. Oh, it's all a big power struggle. Right. And there's that many layers at Man United. No, I quote Rio Fernand why Man United don't have a sporting director. Because under Woodward, because Rio was, was interviewed, so was Evra, they don't, they want a sporting director in name, but not in role, is why I turned it down. So, yeah, because I'd say they just now, want to keep the fans happy. Yeah, so for, we, Fletcher, its job is, like I said, your technical director to, for the academy, everything going through. So for contracts, that's Matt Judge. He's the one who does the deals. Woodward didn't want to give that power away. So we'll see under Matt Judge, does he get a sport director? Is that, is that what Ragnick's going to do after? Because we know he's going to be a consultant, but we don't know what he's doing. Could he come in sport director, what he's done? In Russia, what he's done in Red Bull clubs. He's only here for six months and then two year deal. You know, Chelsea offered him the same thing, but only the six month deal because they've got a sporting director. I presume that Ragnick is going to be the sporting director after while he's working so closely with Dan Fletcher. Because why does Dan Fletcher need to be on the side of the pitch each game unless the club know why? And, and you know, this is like the issue where. I feel sometimes managers get hung out to dry when like certain players get, get brought into a club. Everyone thinks, oh, you know what? The book stops with the manager. Oh, okay, well, yeah. he's like, he or she is the face of, of like what we perceive the club to actually be. But there's so many layers, too many cooks. Yeah. There's too many cooks now. And again, yeah. there's a lot of money now, you know? So, uh, and, and see, I know I keep joking about like the Eddie Howe thing, but again, even with that position, how many people are going to be yes men and women at that club? Yeah. Or literally are at Man United or are at Liverpool or at Chelsea? Well, knifing you in the back. 100. Like, uh, 100. But I, I, I imagine at Liverpool, when Klopp came in, they told him the structure and he went, I can work with that, but don't add in any more layers. I'll deal with Michael Edwards and his team. Don't want to see anyone coming in and telling me how it should play or how it should look. I just want the support team. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, where, yeah. yeah. Where I mean, you're looking I'm, at Man United now and they're adding more layers. More layers. You know what I mean? mean? Like, you know, there shouldn't be yeah. that many people telling you you can't have a player. You know what I mean? Like, it works. You shouldn't I have mean, to get yeah. four permission from four people. 
Man City got the same thing. See, yeah, you know, I mean, I thought, but see, I think Klopp, you know, I think with like you know teams like Man City and like even Liverpool. I mean, I think I can only talk about Liverpool. I think we we like drew against Everton, um, and I think that was uh, Rogers' last last game before he got sacked. And I'm thinking, I try against Everton. That's not a sackable offence. But again, you know, Liverpool knew, like, you know what, Klopp's available and it's other teams sniffing around him. We need this guy. So, hey, you know what, like, mm. you know, you know, he's not coming to Liverpool. We are going to Klopp. So, so, so literally Klopp was already, you know, maybe two, like two or three levels up in terms of what he wanted at Liverpool. And again, you know, hopefully, well, not hopefully, Liverpool did their research. They, they kind of knew exactly what he did against um, for Mainz, is it Mainz? They uh, Mainz or Mines? How? Mines, yeah. However, Mines, Mines, yeah. yeah. And then at Dortmund, but again, it, I think it was the Mines because again, he he completely changed that club from top to bottom. Same with Dortmund yeah. from top to bottom. And you know, again, yeah. like so, so again, like I can imagine Klopp just putting all his cards down on the table. And said, look, this is how Liverpool are going to be from top to bottom. It's either yes or yeah. no. It's as simple as that. Um, and again, I can uh, imagine that happening to Pep as well. Like Pep came and said, "Look, I know that you guys want me, and this is how the club's going to change from top to bottom." And like we've like seen it with the academies and the players that they're bringing through, you know, etc. So it, it's it's a little bit different with you know Man City and Liverpool, but again, that United, again, you know, with the inconsistency and. And again, exactly what you uh, you said, Jamie. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I'm not saying ever or when I don't know anything behind the scenes about football, but again, having like that that kind of sporting director title, but just as like the face of the brand, again, it comes down to money. You know, it comes down to you know, it's it's a it's a money. I, I read I read a thing there during the week. I was at last. I can't remember where a couple of. I think Brendan Rodgers, when he originally went into Leicester, went in as the head coach. And I think Potticino was the same. When he went into Spurs, of course, he was the head coach. And they changed his role after six, seven months to manager. And that could be, it sounds, what difference does it make, head coach, manager? But the manager is able to manage then up to certain levels, if you know what I mean by that. Like he's able to have a bigger call on recruitment a bigger call and budgets. So instead of having to go through two or three people, they're going through one. You know what I mean? The youth team is left to the youth, the youth team managers and whatnot. But when it comes to recruitment and style of play, that comes down to the manager. And I think that's what Klopp is. I think he's a manager. And a bit like Ferguson used to have to do battles when he was manager at Man United for upgrades to the training ground, you know, for his needs to train the team, his more money for staff, more money for players. And I think you have to have a certain control over that. And I think you can't be going through four or five people. Oh, yeah, four people to say, it has to be one person going, yes, you can spend 40 million on him if you think he's the right player. So it depends on the club. But I think Klopp has a lot, an awful lot more power than, than most managers have. And I think that stands to Liverpool because you can see it. Even Canate, the centre-half, didn't come in straight away, but you can see him. When he played for a Red Bull, 
I mean, United played them last year. I think United beat them 5 mm. 0 in the Champions League. Yeah. And it was all over the place. Yeah, all over now the place. 100%. Liverpool, Liverpool are gradually growing them in. And against Inter Milan last week, him and Van Dijk were outstanding because Liverpool didn't play mm. particularly well. But he was able to, as we talked about the other week, playing with better players, but also being given time to grow into the role. Look at Diaz, how he's come in. Very few players are failing at Liverpool because the structure is there and the manager has a certain control over certain things. And they're not going... Man United will draw now against Watford and it'll be just... It's the biggest disaster ever. There's no one controlling any of that. Watch how Klopp talks to the media. Watch how he gets the fans on side. Like, Liverpool fans are having it so good at the minute because Klopp comes out, you think, ah, oh, before everyone starts moaning about players, he's straight out going, wasn't such a body brilliant this week and blah, blah, blah. Totally, totally builds them up. And everyone boys into it. Where, you know, I don't see that support that Man United. It's like, oh, it's like to say, oh, Jesus, he's playing bad. Say nothing. You know what I mean? Leave him, leave him at it. Like Harry Maguire is getting an awful time. Nothing's been, no one's come out and backed them. Just let him. Ah, he did pulling it around himself. Klopp's got time. Well, first couple of seasons, fans wanted him out. He kept losing finals. They were not the man. There was there was calls. Uh, when? So, some, when was there, that? there was some. There was some fans, and there was banners up. Not there was a vocal minority, but it did happen because he kept losing finals. Like, I rate Klopp highly. I want him. I want him United, but he's always left the club in a bad state. He got mains relegated, and then didn't get back up. At Dortmund, he quit mid-season because they were that bad. So I'm going to end the season, and they finished seventh. Not saying it happened at Liverpool, but that might yeah, be when he what happens. He the could fall off. There, Jamie is. Dortmund were selling their best players. Yep. Their best. Players. They always do Liverpool that. They had a not. great team. They, yeah, they were Liverpool in the Champions League at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they got rid of Hummels. Went on a free, and um, to Bayern Munich. Lewandowski went on a free. Yep. To uh, to Bayern Munich. Dortmund. Dortmund, it's only so far to bring a club like that, where Liverpool have always, if Liverpool are doing well, why would you want to leave Liverpool? Do you know what I mean? They're as biggest club as, you, know, you might laugh at me here, but this is from a Man United fan, they're as biggest club as United, Real Madrid and Barcelona, Bayern Munich. They are. You know what I mean? So, once they're winning, the only thing that Barcelona Real Madrid can offer is a bit of sunshine. To be honest. You know what I mean? So, why, why, He's in a situation now where when he has a bad season, he knows he can recover from it because yeah, he'll have to support Like there. Fergie, because he's got credit in the not, bank. Yeah, and he's not going to lose every key player. Where for Dortmund, when you go through that little period, he's losing players. How, how can you rebuild when you're losing key players? Where he doesn't have ten, to do that at Liverpool. Ten hard does it all the time. Yeah. But they were getting spanked in the league as well by teams that you shouldn't get spanked by. It wasn't. It wasn't. They were not winning the league. Very hard to win the league there. They were seventh with Mainz. He they got relegated, and he didn't get him back up. He struggled in the second Bundesliga too. That's why he quit. You know, I know Mainz aren't a great team. You're not expected to win the league, but yeah. you know, so, I just think it's a different situation. I think it's easier to to keep that build at Liverpool. I don't think it's as easy as them clubs. And I think oh, what I'm interested with Ten Hag is he's doing a great job at Ajax. So did Ronald the Boer, and he lasted. <laughs> He uh, lasted, but he oh. did. The Ronald won four leagues there. And then he went to the Champions League. Four, it's a Champions League. Four weeks. And the fact that he's had to rebuild a squad 
after he got decimated across the biggest team in Europe. And he's got Tadic playing fantastic. He tore yeah. Dortmund a new one in the Champions League. <laughs> I, 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 I totally agree, but still, it's still a difference going to the Premier League. You know what I mean? You don't get that time to work all them tactics and go, oh, we're going to play this midfield and we're going to play the dime, we're going to switch here. You don't get time to, you don't get a breeder in the Premier League to adjust game to game. If you watch Liverpool and even City, their game plan doesn't change very often. And it, Man United used to be the same. They, 90% of the time, they played exactly the same on the front foot, going, to the, going for the, the juggler of every team. And then when they played the big teams, they'll try something a little bit different. Where you look at someone like Tuchel at Chelsea, every single game is a different approach, whether it's Norwich or Liverpool or whoever. It's a different approach. And to try and get on the training pitch and implement that takes time. And I think that's why Liverpool are going to be successful with Klopp and, and, and City, because most of the time, it's the same system. Same yeah. system. Well, yeah. well, I mean, you know, again, you know, um, you know, again, even though I always banter, but hey, hey you know what? Um, we, I think Arsenal are kind of going like through that transitional period. You know, I think they're still suffering from the Wenger period a little bit. And again, yeah. they've like lost a bit of their identity. Yes, Arteta's there now to try and get back some some morale and you know trying to get people on side and and you know he's 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 like doing and you know like he's doing the best job that he possibly can but again like she asked to have a structure um i don't know oh jesse's here oh jesse but i mean uh, you know possibly jesse could probably talk about it more um Arsenal have a structure in, in you know like in terms of wages and and like the money that they can possibly spend on on like particular players and literally how Arsenal have spent money a lot of people would be thinking, well, okay, they've got one right, which is Ramsdale. Like, I didn't, you know, that came out of nowhere. I yeah. didn't think he was, he was, you know, he was any, you know, any good. But then you look at Pepe, was he worth the money? Um, you're looking at, I know it's still early, Ben White, 50, 60 million for an unproven Brighton player. Mm, you know, is that paying over, over the odds? But again, I think, you know, uh, I would like rather be in United's situation than Arsenal's, uh, you know, definitely. But I mean, again, I think Jesse could probably even talk more about that. Um, hello, guys. Hello. Hey, Jesse. Hi. Um, <clears throat> Tabriz, I appreciate that. But you're right. We're going through a transition right now. And um, Atata is also cutting the caps of the money that they spend, I mean, the wages that they pay, which I believe is, and it's done really well, cutting the ages of the players down dramatically. I think the only, the few old players there now, over 23. Um, Plus the core are, are young Arsenal Academy graduates, which always stands here. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's not really much to say other than let's give. I'm at Teta initially. I was gonna say I was like one of the people that wants him out, but at least now it's it's doing something that we like. Maybe and just maybe after this season, it's gonna come up right. We don't know. We're still hoping something right is coming up. I don't know if that makes sense, though. But 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it does highlight, you know, it's, again, only like time will tell. And, mm-hmm. and again, and I, I think everyone knows now, like, foot, you know, football is money. And, and you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, and, if, and, and I think there was a, I think Trent said something, um, which I only caught uh, a couple of days ago in terms of um, United's, you know, was it United or City? Is it 1.5 million pounds per three points or per point or something like that? I, you know, um, and again, you know, when a when a, you know when a player is breaking things down in terms of the kind of financial value of of like getting three points, getting a point, winning a league and whatnot, then you know what the majority of the changing rooms and and like what people talk behind the scenes talk about. Uh, and um, again, like the only true supporter are, you know, su- supporters are people, are people like ourselves that you know support our teams through thick and thin. That you know we can, you know, you know, remember that the dark days. We can, re- you know, remember nine ninety eight, nine ninety nine. What Arsenal were doing with the Invincible season. What you know United were doing with Fergie time. What Liverpool were doing with their joint, ma- you know, manager situations, etc. So um, yeah, yeah. Hey, like it's you know. Um, I think we'll all have an opinion about the players that uh, our clubs are bringing in, and we just hope that every single player fits in right with the system, fits in right with their teammates, and just kind of you know brings our teams you know trophies and honors. That's that's really what we want, isn't it? Yeah, this is why you see a lot of clubs going to a sport director mode. So, like for City, look how. Everything was prepped for Pep when he came in. Um, now I've got friends who work for the club, and they say the next manager they believe is Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. They believe he'll come straight in, the same system, the same setup, and kick on. If you like with Klopp, Klopp changed Liverpool's system from buying random players, different managers. He's got it. Took three or four years, but he got there. And he, when he came in, it said, "Give me four, five years, honey. I win the league." So now the next manager will come in. If they get a manager in the same mould, same style of football, same style of tactics, it will work. But if you do like a United to go from Jose to Ole, or you do what Spurs do, Pochino to Mourinho and Nuno as well, and Conte, that, that's a completely that, different style of football. But that, that all makes complete sense, Jamie. But man, that's the only David, way you get long term David Moyes is very like Alex Ferguson. He was a clone of Alex Ferguson, and that didn't work. So it doesn't always work. It, and there's a lot of things like they could, yeah, they could, but who could picked bring Moise? in your twin brother, but he, it yeah, doesn't but mean they're going to get the same response because they're going to the pressures of what the other person has done. You know what I mean? It can weigh very, very heavily. And same with City. Like you're talking about replace. Here, Brandy Van Bronco's done a really good job at Rangers, right? And he might have all the same principles and be exactly the same, but he's not because Pep Guardiola is probably the greatest coach there's ever been. He's taken the principles of all the top coaches, Cruyff, all these guys, and he's made them his own. And he's molded teams into these unstoppable forces. And for someone else to come in on the back of his success, very difficult. You know what I mean? And I think. Any manager's going to come in a city in Liverpool after these two guys, like Ferguson, he's a long shadow. Even if you're exactly the same principles, 
Because some players go, oh, yeah, he wants to play the same as Pep, but he's not Pep. You know, everyone has different personality traits. I think that's a but big City thing. have got their recruitment right in terms of that yeah, side of things. Because a manager it, has... Is, I'm saying five, six like, years ago, I was told this, like, before he was at Rangers. Yeah, but I, I, I heard that. Andy Milton said that, and that he spoke to someone at City, and he said, we've got a recruitment for the next five years. But it took them two years to get a centre-half. You know what I mean? They, they, they didn't replace Spence and company. Because this big spiel saying, oh, City have to have everything planned for the next three or four years. But yeah, Spence and company retired when they pipped Liverpool to the league. And they lost the season after because they hadn't got a yeah. centre-half. Bernardino played mm-hmm. centre-half. So that's, yeah. that's yeah. bullshit. You can't... That's absolute no. bullshit. I, I think it's absolute bullshit. You can't. You can have these plans, but they can go away. Into, you're telling me that Manchester United, right, and all the other clubs have not got a plan. Of course, they have a plan. Just you know, I haven't got a plan. plan. I guarantee you they do. It just hasn't they, worked. They every time it's been the wrong manager, plan. They haven't even got a short list. They've got to get a man to work part time at the end of the season before they get a manager. What other top club does that? I because I, think, I, I don't think they wanted to get rid of Solskjaer. That's why there was no plan. And then the should have came. They should have a plan. It's football. Managers can they, go in months. Of course. Of course. But I, I, I don't think genuinely... Ole came I, in I, exactly the same are you, way. Are you telling you me, you're telling me now, right? But people were calling. Ole finished second, third and second. And even in, this time last year, when Man United were second in the league, right? Going for the league, right? They were in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, the semi-finals of the League Cup. And still in Europe, and there was people calling for Ollie's head. People still calling for Ollie's head. So what happened was when Ollie went through the period of losing four one at Watford, five 0 against uh, Liverpool, he got sacked. So that plan went out the window. So no matter what was going to happen, you can have a plan. It just sometimes it just doesn't work. As I said, we, we, I've heard this great recruitment plan the City had, but they didn't have a plan for when Vincent Company went, and they ended up having spending. 100 and odd million last year on on uh, Diaz and uh, and Akin. So there's not always a plan there. And you can have a plan, but sometimes that plan changes. Yeah, yeah. In terms the of the situation of a player changes. You know what I mean? How often have we heard, oh, such like he's going here, and then all of a sudden then something happens, and that move can't happen. Financial reasons or another player comes in. So I, I don't believe Man United don't have any plan. I think there's plans there. I just keep think they keep getting their plan wrong you wouldn't have an interim manager that way they don't need any yesterday or today they I, came I out and said we've now got a short list they've now got a short list it was gone three months ago yeah but uh, the short list is still the same short list that everyone it's was a saying. billion pound industry how do you not have a short list are you but do you Chelsea really believe got a that, i guarantee you but do, but do you really believe they didn't have any idea. Maybe they have a, someone in, maybe we're only hearing, this is just paper talk. Maybe they, they have some, an agreement with someone. No, the state, they're not the available was official. to come into it's a summer. It's basically, I think it's Simon Stone. You know, he's not going to chat nonsense. They said, look, they're now in interviewing stage. Three months to get a manager. But are they definitely got... in interview? Like, where, like, where, yeah, where's this they, information coming from? It was, um, I think it was Simon Stone, BBC. Tier one journalists, so you can, you can trust them. I, since I was eight years old, I've looked at BBC gossip, and they just BBC, they gossip as well. You, no, 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 don't don't compare BBC gossip. That's literally gossip they're accumulating and putting it and the source. The BBC when to put an article, it's different. 
if I Simon Stone saying it, it's different to BBC. BBC say, oh, this I, was transfer rumour is in the Guardian or it's in the Sun. That's all it is. I've still, still just got me doubts. I, I, I still just have me doubts. I don't think they ever wanted to sack Solskjaer and they were left with no option. But I, I, I don't think the list goes beyond Ten Hag and Pochettino, maybe. I don't know what I mean. Like, so I don't think that was any big secret, really, was There's, it? There's um, Lopetengi from Spain. He's on the list. Yeah. I would like someone like Greg Potter, but they won't do it. It's too. Rich. No, they weren't going to go Greg Potter. No, no. They, they, ain't got a, they haven't got the colonies to do that. That's the sort of manager you need. I don't know. I don't know. It, it'd be just be a big name like Zidane or something. Look, it's and it'd be the wrong point no the different to Eddie Hell, and we've all just <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> the exact same job as Barmer, except he took them from the bottom. Oh, no, like, I like Eddie Hell and I like Graham Potter. Oh, no, no I can't have that. Except Eddie Hell, Eddie Hell brought a club, a small club, Brighton. The structures in there that Dan, Dan Ashworth is one of the best sport directors in Europe. He's wait, not only wait, did he wait. change the club, he changed the whole FA, a whole like a whole country. That's it. Only the Germans are able to do that, and he did it in England, one of the hardest places where you're coming up against FA. You know, the FA never you... changed, and he went in and he changed the whole thing. Look at the players England are producing. So Potter came into that. Eddie Howe, there's no difference between Eddie Howe and Potter. They play the same style of football. Give Graham Potter the City squad, he wins the league. Only Liverpool and City create more Sorry, chances than them. Hold on. If wait, wait. Give Graham Potter... City job, he win the league. Give me the City job and chances are I win the bloody league, man. <laughs> He's only Liverpool... For, 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 look at the squad at Brighton. And only Liverpool and City... Have a higher XG and excess. He's got bloody Danny Welbeck in his team and Morpai. Morpai's like his third top scorer in the league. He's scoring more than Lukaku, lads. I, I really like Graham Potter, but I just, I'm just saying, he hasn't really. He's at Brighton. That. Brighton aren't, shouldn't be in the Premier League. Oh, well, but you have to dish, Come on. Wow. Look at the I mean, club. He sold the their club best. Is... I mean, their best defender. Jamie, left. Jamie, man. Jesus Christ. He Jamie. sold their best defender. Barely, yeah. He kicked out the captain and put in an academy goalkeeper in Sanchez. You know, he sent him on loan to Arsenal. And he's got more... Look at the signings. He's brought on Cucurella. But, players but, but he has a support budget. system in there as well. You know, I think his net spend is 3.5 mil. 3.5 mil? I must say, that he's not you a, good. He is. I mean, no, you know what? I mean, Jamie, that, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a blanket statement. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti was at Everton and everyone thought like they'd be challenging for the top four. He was struggling with and again Everton had the money and it's hundred percent. Everton were the worst team in the league last year. And I say that yeah. because they had the most expensive and the best one of the best managers. And I thought exactly. I watched them every there four are, weeks look, in a row and they were look who they bought all overpaid, didn't suit the system. They got the recruitment wrong. They just bought names. They bought a lot of names, but they didn't build a team. Potter built a team. He he took over Ottersons when they were the fourth tier in uh, Chris, Sweden. Chris, Chris and he was top. Well, I was so sure did the Europe. same when he got dogs abuse for it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I backed Solskjaer for that. I backed him as well. Solskjaer in the league with a team that's never ever won the league before. 
is, is I, I, wouldn't be thrown, I wouldn't be thrown that much rows apart because Brighton are a good club, a well run. I said, if his name the... was you are... Grand Poch Pochino, you would get everyone to praise him because oh, he's yeah, English. I, I, There's I not been a single English you. manager who won the Premier League. Yeah. It's about time I've got a chance. I, 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 do, I do agree with you if his name was different, but I'm not judging him off his name. I like his style of football, I like his approach. But I don't think you're giving Brighton enough credit here. Chris Hewton did did the groundwork, made them hard to beat, made them a Premier League team. The, Dan Ashford made them a Premier League club and the vision of the people who own the club. And Graham Potter yeah. is come in on the back of their good work and did more good work. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he'd be going into a club at Manchester United where when you draw a match, you're absolutely, as I said, look at Solskjaer. In the two and a half, three years that he was there, he had a second finish, a third finish, a Europa League final, and never finished out of the last eight of any competition that he was in. And set a Premier League away record, a club away record, and he got absolutely slaughtered. So Graham Potter, if he went in there, would he be able to deal with the pressure? Would he be able to do the work that's already been done at Brighton? That's not being done at Man United by the looks of it. This, would he this be is why you've got to take the risk. Do his work? Because if you let Graham Potter go to your rivals, you lose out. You well, can't... I don't think any of your rivals are going to go for him. Yeah, but then, so if you want a manager to compete the, with a, a Klopp or... Pep, you can't go get his players as managers. You've got to take the risk on that. The reason Liverpool fans bought into Klopp was not just the style and everything he did. He'd proven winner when he came in. He'd won Bundesliga. He brought Dortmund to a Champions League final. You know what I mean? He had a record of winning and building. Parr hasn't got that yet. And he's yeah, just but, the same. But you can't expect be, Potter to do that yeah, but, at the club he's no, at. No, but but what you have is at least Solskjaer was a club legend. Potter doesn't have a, a winning pedigree yet or club legendary status. I don't think he'd last a fucking He's a better manager than Ole. You know what I mean? Potter's a better manager than Solskjaer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. I think he is. Yeah, obviously, I'm a fan. I love Solskjaer and he doesn't get the respect that he does deserve to get. For winning the league in Norway, compared to Gerard, what he's done at Rangers for a club in a league where only once in fifty years has anybody except Celtic or Rangers won the league. Yeah, and that was a Fergie. Like it wasn't like it was Saint Mirren. It was Rangers right. who every single season were improving. They were expecting to compete. Yeah. They've got the fan base. They've got the money. Yeah, you know it takes time. It's like Juventus. Yeah, they got relegated. But they're going to be back eventually. You expect them to come back up. And they were every year they're improving. But yeah. because it's Gerard and he's Liverpool, he gets, you know, oh, he's amazing. Well, yeah. sorry, mate. He's done well. He has done well. But it is Rangers. That's what I said. Yeah, and he's done okay as well. But he's able to attract yeah. better players. But has he done any better than Dean Smith? Not really. Not really. I, no. I would say what Rooney is doing is a much more impressive job yeah. than what um, Gerard did. Or Lampard. And Lampard's got another Premier League job. Do you know I hope Everton get relegated? Just give it Lampard. It makes me sick. Yeah. No, yeah. Not, I don't see anything from, from, from Lampard. Because they always talk about Lampard being a smart manager. Smart player, sorry. 
No. Don't see anything tactically that makes it years. Rooney is the working class lad. Everyone said he was sick, but everyone that's played with him says he's an intelligent player. Because he looks like Shrek, they think he's sick. But what he's doing at Derby, he could have walked away straight away. Everton approached him and he said, no, I'm going to finish his job. Yeah. Most experienced no, it, managers it's would a good walk point, away from Lampard. Lampard did a good job at Chelsea. Like he, did, he, he did two years there. He underachieved. They did all right, like all things considering. If it wasn't for the work that Lampard did, I don't. That Tuchel had the success that he already had. Tuchel made it one Champions League with that team. This, I bet on Chelsea winning the league with that squad. He was nowhere near. He took Derby from fourth to fourth with yeah, basically true. Chelsea. That's true. He didn't That's improve true. Derby. But it's still not a bad job for your first job to go in. Big club in the championship, there's big expectations off him. And he, and he handled them. And then he went into Chelsea. And I job considering. considering he had no money to spend and the pressure to come at Chelsea. So I, I, I think he does get a bit of a raw deal. Give him a bit of time at least. Well, I, I, I do think get, he gets like, too much. He, he gets too much credit. Happen, maybe not. Compared to how the press talk about Lampard, who took David to fourth to fourth, Fell at Chelsea when the didn't manager came in and won the Champions League with no no, no signings. He he won the Champions League to chill. Compared to Solskjaer, who has won, he's won the reserves division. He's won the league twice. He's improved United every single season, but he was slaughtered. Yeah, it's because yeah. if you're at United, you will be slaughtered. If Klopp yeah. was man United manager, he wouldn't get spoken about the same way. And and, and that's what I'm saying about Graham Park. I think Graham oh, Park would Hig- get slaughtered at Man United. Well, I think, I, I think I'm not disagreeing. I think he's a good manager. And yeah, he will get slaughtered. He will. He will. But he, like, he wouldn't even get. If Solskjaer got slaughtered for what he did, what's what's a guy that has no status whatsoever going to get? But you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, but then you, even if you bring in someone like Jose Mourinho, the big name. And that's where that's where Klopp was right very person. clever. And and I'm sure Tabriz would say this. If you remember, I remember Liverpool drawn one all at home to Crystal Palace early in Klopp's tenure. And he brought all the players. They were 1-0 down and the equalised in injury time. And he brought all the players and did the old German thing, you know, where they all hold hands and they go, ray, ray. He did it all to the top. And it was all part of, I'm one of you. I'm going to get all them inside. If you get all the fans on side for starters, yeah. that boy is your time. Yeah, yeah. And he did that. News. Very, very clever. Very more clever. important news, Russia's just invaded Ukraine. Oh, fuck. Okay. Really? Yeah. Where's that? BBC News. Sky News. BBC News. BBC News. Yeah. It's before we go off, to- I was gonna say before we go off topic, um, are we gonna talk about Lukaku or are we gonna wrap it up in terms of talking live? I can sit here and laugh at Lukaku. Sit there and laugh. Lukaku's playing got- exactly the same as he did at Manchester United at Chelsea. Exactly. You see this coming a mile off. He's a good player, Boiler. but he's, not, he's always bought for wrong systems. And that's, I'm so happy Oli sold him. It wasn't because he was a good, wasn't a bad, good player. He didn't suit United. And he did so well in Syria. And I got messages all season. Uh, Ole's wrong, Ole's wrong. Ha, ha, ha. Should have kept yeah. him, doesn't know what he's doing. Well, he's not the right player for the team. Not every player fits in the team. Look at Messi at PSG. Shocking. Yeah. Right? But look how Ronaldo's treated. At, and he's had a really good season. In reality, yeah. he's carried United for the Champions League. He's our top goal scorer, and he's in doing it in the Premier League. 
Messi, on the other hand, struggling in France, missing penalties, but because it's not United, if Messi joined United, it would have been the same. Yeah. Messi would have got so much hate. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Baz, you right? Hi, Baz. How are you doing, gentlemen? Good evening. What is it? Is it the Man United channel or something tonight? Talking about the Kaku. You've been talking about Man United since I come in this well, the only team that matters. The only team that matters. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. United is going to have a single Man United, clock, clock. Oh, my Col- God. Hold, wait, wait there. Coach Ferguson just comes come bowling in. And says good evening, fellas. What are you talking about? I said, Oh, we're talking about United. You've not contributed anything. Like you just come in and just contributed absolutely zero. We're we're actually talking about structures. Structures in a football club. And yeah, we're just we contrasting sort of Liverpool and Man United. We're t- I'm tired. Can we can we leave that Man United now? <laughs> no, I think let's we carry on speaking about it. We're actually on Lukaku now. Lukaku. Yeah, Lukaku. Jesus Christ. No, no, no. Hold, oh, you know, let's all sit down and you know wait patiently for Coach Barry's opinion about Lukaku. What do you think about Lukaku as a player? Brilliant player. That's enough. Great player. Brilliant player. I think he, I think he's a great goal scorer, but not a great player. He's got a touch for donkey. <laughs> He doesn't play for Palace, but he's a great player. But we don't want him. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you've got your own, you've got your own Lukaku, Charles Benteke. No, we had Connor Wickham before that. <laughs> yeah, Connor Wickham, that's really good. Yeah. I'd rather have Edward than Lukaku. I like Edward, yeah, yeah he's a good player. Definitely. I mean, uh, I do feel sorry for him a little bit, to be honest. Um, he's... I think Lukaku is a throwback to the striker that you you know in the 1980s, you know 1990s as well. You know, um, he's that type of player that you that you would probably even want to play with because um, yeah, again, you know, again, he's 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 just that type of player. I think you know with the with the technical side in terms of what we were talking about right at the beginning of the podcast. Technically, is he the best? No, and yeah, you know he he like needs a team to actually uh, play around his strengths, and you know you like need a manager to to actually believe in him more so than anyone else in the team. And so, where would he fit in then in this country? Did, I don't did, know. Can, that's I, the thing. can anyone I don't tell know. me? Did Inter Milan play three four two? Did he have a, a strike partner in Inter Milan? I think he did, didn't he? With your man. Uh, yeah. Lorenzo Mart- Mart- Martinez, isn't it? Yeah, he's got Lorenzo Martinez up there. Isn't he? Yeah. So I think he's your traditional center forward. If you look, what I said about the double acts earlier on in the in, in in the what in the Telegram group, I think he needs a partner. I think I like this about football. I like to see a double act. Like you had Quinn and Phillips at Sunderland. You had yeah. Sheeran, Sutton, Cole and York. And I think Lukaku might that might suit him better. Probably. Colin and York, what a partnership! I mean, it's it's a yeah. I mean, you know, where I've been, you know, I've got to agree with you. Apart from the Colin Yorks um, partnership, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I would literally love to see Lukaku with with like someone. And um, yeah, well, how many touches 
Did he have in a Burnley game? He was just walking around in the Burnley game. He did look interested. But the lowest in the ever in Premier League history. The lowest. He didn't look of an interested at all. He didn't look interested at all. No. Least ever. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. Blimey, yeah. So, do you guys think that his time's done at Chelsea? There's he something. Just said it all you paid nearly a hundred million, eh? Yeah. Seven touches he had at Palace. But do they have any better striker though? I don't think you will have a better striker. Chelsea, can, do they have any better striker than Lukaku? Yeah, play Havertz there. Havertz their best option. He plays striker in Bundesliga. He's probably their best option, but he's not really a striker. He played there week in, week out almost. Leverkusen. They moved him forward and he scored. So he can do it. I remember him getting it, a team of season card on FIFA. And for Bundesliga, and he was a, a centre forward. I don't know. I still don't understand why Lukaku came back here anyway. Did he come for the money? I wouldn't say so. He's rich. He's fairly wealthy man anyway. Wouldn't he? Like, I don't know. Yeah, he's what money. He's but why did he come back? I don't know. Probably because Inter, Inter had a bit of a mare in the summer, Good didn't point. they? Like, I think I think Inter had money problems, haven't they? Yeah. Money problems at Inter. Conte left in the summer. I think it was more, more the upheaval. Can he turn it round? I think so. I think he can. I think he's a good player. Like and he, his goal-scoring record for Belgium is phenomenal, isn't it? Like I think he got sixty or seventy international goals. Yeah. Yeah. But the, I mean, again, no disrespect to the quality of opposition. You know, again, we, you know. Uh, if he's getting five sixes in in like games, then I mean Peter um, Peter Crouch had a decent goal scoring ratio for for England. True, um, true. You play a lot more weaker teams. Lukaku's goal scoring yeah. record is good. It just doesn't score in the big games. What's Lukaku score hat trick this weekend? Yeah, probably will. It won't happen. He will touch the ball. No, I, you know what? Three touches to score three goals. Could have got seven in that day. That's you know what? It annoyed me that on, on the Palace game. They oh. said that every time he attacked the ball, he would just score, but he didn't touch the ball. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if he probably retires in the next two, like two to three years. Yeah. Drawing yeah. vets football with um with Debris. <laughs> Hello, Sean. <laughs> Debris. <laughs> Going back playing with his mates. Look, people forget that in the pro game. A lot of pros actually don't enjoy playing football. A lot of don't. I remember uh, years ago, my pal was doing really well. He famous Stockport County in the championship. And he had a couple of guys living with him. One was Jolene Lescott's brother, Aaron Lescott. And another one was uh, Paddy McCarthy, who's at Palace uh, under 20. Yeah, under 18. Yeah. And yeah. I remember being over there one Saturday and none of them they were injured and suspended. Paddy's with City, Lescott was with Stockport, and Glenn Whelan was there as well. Glenn Whelan who was with Stoke and Aston Villa and Sheffield Wednesday. And every single one of them to a man said, and they were only young, oh fuck, I'd love to win the lot so I could give this up. Because it's 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 all it's great looking in from the outside, but the pressures of being a pro and earning your living from it 
and the stick that you get it's not, it's not like from when you play when you're younger and your dream is scoring the goal at Wembley to get that goal at Wembley mentally to get there is savage it's absolutely huge like many players I'm sure you boys from London particularly where you are from South London a lot of talented boys how many talented boys Barry you've probably seen loads of them that are probably more talented than half the pros but never make it so it's a mental thing. It's a mental. They, they, they just can't take no more. Yeah. Um, really poor percentage as well that guys you get through. Yeah. Especially now, they're going into academies from like six years old, seven years old. Yeah. Half of them is just going to leave by the time they reach a certain age. They're just going to walk away from it. Bored, worn out, same drills, yeah. just bored of it coming. Yeah. Just monotonous and they just, just yeah. can't take it. And can you imagine someone people... like Marcus Rashford? He's probably got 10 or 15 million in the bank, right? Yeah. No matter what he does, right? He plays brilliant, right? He helps. He does all the right things off the pitch. Helps homeless people. Or not homeless people, sorry. The kids with food. And he still gets, still gets abused. Like, yeah. He must be sitting there going, what the fuck do I have to do? You know what I mean? What do I have to do here? Is this worth it? I don't need the money. I don't need the aggro. And apparently but he's been going back to try and find his love of the game again, playing Astro, five-side Astro with his mates. So, but wait, you know, wait, wait, the state of wait, state wait, of wait I find the premiership boring. Mm-hmm. I find the premiership boring. There's a lot of games I don't even, I watch five minutes and I switch off. Yeah. Seriously. I've always said I wanted the Palace to get relegated from the minute they went, they went into the Prem. They got the money to get out of it. Right. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the championship. I enjoyed Tuesday night. Championship, championship. yeah, championship. Fun. Championship yeah. Boring, and you get the there's the uh, often red. Card Unrealistic well, expectations yeah. in the Premier League now as well, isn't there? Like you know, I just think there's much said, more. I think there's much more athletes in the Prem now. The Premiership yeah. kind of changed. Yeah, yeah. It's not much like yeah. players you can see beating players and that skill factor. It's not. Yeah. It's not like before. It's not like before. Yeah. The fun is different. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's boring. Some of it's just boring. Players just running what, up and down. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, well, I mean, this is exactly what we spoke about at the beginning of the, of the podcast. Like how, that, yeah. you know, how, uh, like, you know, players are now being coached completely different and they don't know the fundamentals about just, you know, like the art of attacking, the art of, Holding the position, the art of defending, it's and um, it's, it's clubs you know, are from, um, a lot of clubs are signing those type, type of players to this. Yeah, Luke Shaw's a perfect example. He's faster mm. and stronger than most players, good in the 1v1, but his overall game intelligence is, is pretty strong. Oh, yeah, oh my god, you know yeah. what I mean? He's well, a prime yeah. example. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Where you look at the like we spoke about earlier on, look at Man City. Man City don't judge a player off his physical appearance. They judge him. Pep Guardiola judge players off their intelligence. That's why he can dominate games with players of any size. He looks at their football intelligence and their ability. Like yeah. as I said, he can dominate games with fellas who are like Bernardo. You know, even Foden. They're only small guys. You know what I mean? He did it with David Silva. If Dallas Silva plays for any other club in the Premier League, he's gone after six months. 
six months yeah. gone. But with Man City, because you want to get on the ball, you want to do things, you want to open up teams, it's all about intelligence. And the Premier League, a lot of clubs, is all about power and athleticism. Exactly. Uh, and and uh, you know again we we are like about the elite elite players that point out love with the game. Imagine you know again no this well actually you know um, let's go even below league two you know players who kind of have to have have another job as well as their footballing career just to make ends meet and like the amount of training that goes through you know that um, that they've got to go through amount of like you know fitness regimes diet and sacrifices as well as having their everyday job and then if you and then if, and then even if you go lower than that in terms of the academies and you know players getting paid 20 30 pound a week to travel to Bournemouth and you live in London it's like wow like this is this is a this is just another job for me and you know um and like when and when players describe it as a job you know, and I still remember I had, you know, I just had to look up the person's name because I still, well, I can't remember the game it was, but it was Matthew Taylor that used to play for Bolton. He had a sweet left foot, and yeah, and yeah. Uh, and um, it was an interview. I thought it must have been BBC One or something, and uh, he said, "I'm just doing my job," and I'm and I was like, "Huh, still doing your job?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, like football is just a job to them. Like they get yeah. paid to." To do something, and you know, if you fall in, in and literally, yeah, if you fall out of love with your job, it doesn't matter what you do to try and get that love back. It's very hard, and especially when you're in the public eye. And again, like a lot of these players, you know, don't realize how much pressure it is once you get to that professional's level to literally, um, you know, you know, um, be a quote unquote. Judged every single time from from, from a young age. I remember bringing we brought four boys up the hearts from here there a few years ago, and we spent three days there. And I'm not joking with you. At the end of it, we were going, "Holy shit!" We just spent the whole time. We were analyzing air boys that were there. Oh, he's not looking to coach in the eye. He's not listening. Oh, he's not doing this. He's not doing that. And then we sat down and realized he's only 14, 14. You know what I mean? And the pressure that they're under from there, like the scrutinize their behavior, their their performance from like their technical, all their attributes, everything from, you know, how they present themselves. Wait, where was that? Scotland Hearts? Yeah, up at Hearts, yeah. Mm. And we spent three days there and we went, holy shit. We've really given them boys a hard time. This is tough. Yeah. You know, good players, really, really good players. One of them actually ended up, he's with Brighton, he's doing really well, Andrew Moran. But I didn't think he had it. I, I thought he had the ability, but I didn't think he had the mentality. But it's just, it's, it's, it's hard. I don't know how, it, from, from that age, so many people giving you so much information, telling yeah. you what to do, not what not to do. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and at the end of the day, it can be just an opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and you know, let's see. And you know, and again, it's not just that. Just you know, getting the stick from the press. I mean, I, of course, I, I think everyone's seen the Phil Foden video where yeah. I think his mum got punched in the face. Imagine, you know, Phil Foden now has to go to training every single day with this video now going viral. 
to actually perform at the highest level. And if he doesn't perform, then us as punters or pundits or whatever, or media journalists, however you, you like want to be called, will scrutinise his his play on that particular day. And yeah. and then there's 90,000 fans, you know, literally giving them, a, well, not, uh, I say, depending if it's home or away or whatever, but there's going to be fans that are going to be abusing him, you know, yeah. you know, um, creating chance and literally saying, you know, like your mum got punched in the, like imagine having that pressure and then going home and actually dealing with everything and then again performing the next day like this you know i i couldn't i mean you know just seeing that video i don't know how phil Foden wasn't even in that little like look because if anyone puts my he mom was, he was involved he got involved from back to back he tried to get involved no no yeah. no try no but no no but there's no, but there's trying and actually being involved. I, yeah. I literally, no, no, literally uh, what's improperly involved or pro- because I'd be in there. And and we haven't even mentioned the physical aspect, like the recovery. Like you, like you, you know, like, like look at the Man United players, right? They played against Leeds, big game, like high, you know, the, the emotions of it alone, right, would be draining, right? The concentration levels, everything, right? And now they're going away to Atletico Madrid on Wednesday. The recovery for that physically and mentally, like that's difficult. That's very difficult. Think, I, I, I'm a big believer in that. I think a lot of these players are on some sort of performance enhancers because there's no way that a bit of stretching and yoga and a bit of chicken and you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's helping you recover. If we look at Ronaldo and Messi, right? For the last 15 years, they've averaged 50 games a season. Like, at that level, like, that is, like, that's serious without any help. As I said, a few ice baths and a bit of chicken, you're joking me, like, seriously. I watched a podcast with sports scientists after Liverpool won the league. Predict exactly what's going to happen. The injuries, everything, and he explained Liverpool are probably legally juicing. So, yeah, using the asthma pumps because they're not banned. They are now banned. Unless, yeah. um, they had, I think it was like twenty-one players out of their fifty squad had asthma. That's not normal. That allows them to and breathe you, and everything. Do you remember yeah, legal juicing? Nasri, Nasri got banned, didn't he? There, he was taking some sort of um, like that, some sort of. He was out in LA. Remember, he got his picture taking some some board, and she was whatever. I don't know if it was oxygen or whatever he was getting, but he got banned from it. You know what I mean? And I think but a lot of celebrities you? use it. I remember Noel Gallagher talking about Bono, and they went out in the piss. Till like seven in the morning, no gallery was out of his head, and he said, Turn around the telly, and there's Bono fresh as a daisy, shaking in the Pope's hands. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, there's there is sort of stuff out there that's probably legal. There's, or... a, there's a, a Netflix documentary called Invictus, and it was look, trying to see how you can get away with legally juicing based on the Russia Olympics. This is this is a guy who found out what happened with Russia, he was looking at Lance Armstrong. In oh, that's the Irish how, story that did that. The cyclist. Yeah, yeah, and he did. Yeah, so he looked at how easy is this? He uncovered the whole Russia I limit no, committee. When, thing. You about trust that? me. Once, once Jamie, the, the Jamie. Premier League, the Premier League would cover it up. Bad doubt. 
But Jamie, they knew about Armstrong years ago. Yeah. People yeah. reporting him and they're just letting go. The reporter said it's impossible what he's doing without him last week. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Then Wayne, yeah, of course. And Wayne, if you check Wayne, there's a lot of footballers that have died from enhancement drugs. Remember, what's yeah. collapsed, died, been taking drugs, so they train harder, perform better. Lots of yeah. players have died from taking those drugs. Mm-hmm. It's very dangerous what's going on. Yeah. I think you touched on it earlier on, Barry. Like, they're athletes now, and to keep that performance... Like yeah, and I've never seen... I, th- I, think, I think Gareth Bale was running... Like, I think they run about 10, 11 kilometres a game. And he yeah. was running at, like, an average of something like 18 or 19 kilometres an hour. Like, you know what I mean? It was some ridiculous speed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, near, near impossible. Like, I think there's a lot of drugs in football. I think so as well. There's a lot of drugs. The pain <laughs> for the amount of running. Nah, Makes you think, right? Pep Guardiola, I presume you all know he got banned for being juiced up, right? Yeah. That's as a player. The doctor that was involved, he was, he was he later cleared. The doctor involved, who apparently made his sample wrong, is hired by him. There was a big argument at Bayern Munich because that's he right, used yeah, the Barca and Bayern Munich said, we're not getting rid of our doctors. Explain to me how every time, City spent a lot of money on their medical team. Why is it when they get a serious injury, they fly to Spain? The hmm. Spanish doctor who was in court, he in, in Madrid, he said, if I give you the names of the details of the, of the players involved, Spain will have to give back the international trophies. Because all the Whoa. samples are anonymous. And they raided his... They raided yeah, his I remember, Madrid I remember office. That as well. You can read the court documents. He had two offices. All his stuff was in the Barca one. They raided his Madrid office, not his Barca yeah. one. They believe everything at Barca's was destroyed. Yeah. That's true, yeah. I heard mm. that. So, wow. the, if the Premier League found out Salah was juicing, for example, I'm not saying he is, but or Pogba. Pogba's a good example because he's been banned. Respect, missed a lot of games, right? He missed two seasons to be there. All you've got to do is say he's injured. There's no league requirement to say he can't play. He's yeah. suspended. Because look what happened with, with Syria in how great the league was and it found out the referees were cheating. Yeah, remember that. They lost yeah. so much money. The mm. Premier League is a product. If they yeah. players were juicing, 100%. they would say, "Oh wait, this is actual fake." Yeah. They would but say, well, at, "And it, look, be look, look, players, look, players, look, players, most players, players, is a great players. example. He doesn't even look tired. The man hasn't had a rest in about four years. Who? And he, he, he doesn't even look tired. Who Salah? Yeah. You have to have a rest. Breeze that one. Knocks the breeze. He He's just tired. a machine. Machines can be programmed. Uh, listen, I mean, you listen, I mean, I, 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 I disagree in terms of what everyone's saying, you know, because um, I'm thinking I've I've never seen Salah go down with a hamstring injury. I'm thinking, how quick is this guy running every single sprint, and he's not gone down with a hamstring tech yeah. or anything? I'm like, mm, okay, something's a bit different here, but hey. Uh, exactly what you said, though. You know, I, you know, I think there's, there's, uh, there, there could be something going on. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a cover up because I don't want the FBI coming to my door. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, hey, I don't think Salah is the only one doing it. I think there's a lot of them doing it. But there's it's definitely... right through the league, man. I think it's right through the league. Yeah, I think it's okay. right as well. Just, just you're looking at them, and it's just 
you're going, how are they keeping this up, this level of concentration, the physical mm. exertion, the speed, the robustness? The game. I think we last Salah, like, four seasons for Salah, four seasons straight. Yeah. Four seasons no straight, yeah. Right? With, mm, no without an injury, yeah. Yeah. Not even a tight hamstring. Ronaldo. Yeah, not even a tight hamstring. It's, it's, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, 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 it's not humanly possible to do that, as I said, with a little mm. bit of stretching and no, a nice bath and a bit of chicken after the match. Like, you know what I mean? Seriously. No way. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's an interesting conversation. It's, it's, I don't I think... I think a video in the chat. I do think Jamie's right, but it. I don't think you'll ever... Uh, the doctor who spoke about everything that happened with Liverpool, he predicted before your injuries. It's just after Have you put, a, you put a video in the chat? Yeah, it's a huge video. You can then look at his stuff and it's all. Yeah, I watched it. I watched some of that. His studies oh. have been um, uh, peer reviewed. He knows what he's talking about. and he, So it's, he's not saying it's just Liverpool, but obviously it was a Man United fan channel when he came on and he spoke about it. Like I said, it, it's probably all clubs. Not probably, it's definitely our clubs. It's definitely our clubs. Probably not Norwich, where they're playing. <laughs> <laughs> they could do a bit. But it's not, it's not, it's not football performance, it's physical in, in, in performance. And it's probably harder to run Norwich players to run because they don't, wouldn't keep possession like Liverpool or City. So they probably physically exert themselves more. Do you know what I mean? Because they do more sprints, they do more recovery runs. You know what I mean? You know, we all know when you're out of possession, you do more running. So, I think I, 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 they probably need a more than the Liverpool players. You know what I mean? So, I wouldn't say it's just one club. I think there's a lot of them. And I think the more, more money you have, the better the, the, better the drugs you get. <laughs> I think, Jimmy, um... Vardy's statement about what you should take before a game. Six hands a red ball. Hey, he hasn't had a heart attack. Exactly. But he's not legally breaking any rules. He's within the rules. But it's juicing. Yeah. Why do you prove that? No. You've got to break down at some point. Yeah. Probably right now. What he has done right now this season. I, I think, and I'd say once you break down, I'd say you find out how to get back. To Breeze. Coach. Did you play Saturday? Why does Coach like to just, like, literally just change the subject and then literally when I start talking, he says, To Breeze, you've spoken too much about you playing. I'm not, you know what, literally, you, you know, I'm not going to answer that question. I'm just asking, did you play? Yes, I did. Did you redeem yourself? Did you win? <laughs> I'm, not, you know, I'm not getting involved. No, 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 you know what? You might have picked up no. the ball again. What sort of dice you picked up the ball again? Did you score?